Hello and welcome to episode 60 of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community match by match, fan by fan, story by story. Today we are joined in Shoulder to Shoulder Studios from 110 Football, Mr. Jerry Reynoso. Thank you for coming out. <laughs> Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, I've never been introduced like that, so I felt cool. <laughs> we also have a very special guest with us today. You've brought your mother with us. Mama Reynoso is here Always, as well, too. Yeah. Always. Welcome. Well, thank you guys so much for making the trek all the way out to Reseda from Long Beach. Quite, quite a drive. Dedicated. So, yeah. You guys are dedicated. Oh, yeah. You got to be. Real yeah. passion. Yeah. <laughs> so before we dive into your story and 110 football and where that's going, we have a game to recap and a game to preview real quick. So first, why don't we go ahead and dive into our game versus the Philadelphia Onions. So let's go around, pass it around. What did you guys think of our 3-3 draw versus Philly? Do you have a name for every club? I mean, I think the names are out there. I just steal them from other people. Okay. That's the, I mean, I mean, come on. That's like... Uh, no, I, mean, I get it. I just, yeah, yeah. you know, I, you I'm just, just asking. Just asking. <laughs> I mean, it uh, made me cry, and we carved them apart, so it does kind of work. There it yeah. is. <laughs> you know what? I thought that, I thought that uh, we played... A little bit below our expected standards, especially seeing as how Philadelphia is not the same team as they were at the end of last season. So I think that with that in mind, we definitely didn't play as well as I think everybody expected us to, especially coming off of the matches against Miami and Leon. But I think that it showed a lot of resilience and resolve in our team to respond because we were down at every point throughout the whole the whole match. So... Uh, for them to not not give up and to come back and to, you know, make the game tied several times, I thought that that was, you know, it's that's good. That's a positive takeaway. I think that we played well offensively. I think they had two opportunities in transition. One was a banger. I don't know if Ramirez could have done better. Maybe the second goal from them, that free kick was kind of a once in a 50 to 100 shot kind of take. I know that Ramirez saw it, but that thing was swerving. Could he have done a little bit better? Maybe. Uh, it, it reminded me a little bit of the very first goal at the bank with Simon, where it had this nasty swerve and dip. And but even, that went through the legs of Fratt. Yeah, it didn't go through his legs. It hit his hands. His hand. Yeah, oh. but it, it bounced right before him. It was, it was just a difficult ball for a keeper in general yeah. when someone hits a true like that. So I, I thought it was an odd... Shot and good, good on him for trying it, and ended up working out for him. I don't know if it'll work out for him in the near future again, but you know, in the third goal that they scored, I think in transition we just lost our marking because we had enough people in the box. I just think no one tracked that one player because there was three around the person who gave the pass. So I think we just lost concentration. There's a couple subs in there, mm. and it 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 just it just it's something I think we're working on with the subs and I'm sure there's plenty of video on making sure that that lack of concentration doesn't exist in the upcoming matches but I will agree with you Chris that the resilience the goals we we scored at least the first two quality and then causing chaos in the box on a set piece I, I'm happy about that so uh, overall I just I just think the team played well enough to have not conceded as many goals as they did but um, you know Philadelphia's coach Bradley's coaching tree I think the their tactics shifting for to a more Red Bull kind of K 
chaos creating long ball, bring it down, incorporate players in that manner versus trying to build out of the back or through the midfield. It works well against a team like us, and I think it was a perfect kind of matchup. And if you're a neutral for our MLS, it was the perfect game to stay up for because 3-3, six goals. Mm. Even as an LAFC fan that attended the game, if you, that was one of the people that went, it, it, it you got your money's worth even though we didn't get the result. Um, that's how I felt about the game. Three questionably four golazos. Right. I mean, the Santos goal early beautiful yeah. that's going to go in five percent of the time he tries it yep. the Glesnes goal one percent of the time i mean it kind of you can see vermeer gets a little bit blocked by the two-man wall and then as the ball sort of comes over the wall it takes a wicked curve left and just slots in the side netting i mean yeah what do you do you just tip your hat and you go back and you, you fight back and we did that and frankly had the chance to win at it, the yeah. death to win it uh, once again, Raito just, it, it seems like it's in its head. It is now. Point. I think now it is. Mm. I think it is now. After that that shot, I think he didn't sort his feet out quickly enough or rushed it. I, he's still too young, I think, or has doesn't have the experience in those bigger moments to have the composure to finish it. But it's going to happen. I feel like there's going to be a flood of goals from him once he does. And I hope it's tomorrow night, the Cruz Azul game. Yeah, he comes out with a hat trick tomorrow. All is forgiven. Right. What did you think of the game, Jerry? Despite the back line, I think I was pretty content with the result. Um, you know, I pay attention a lot to the back line in every match. Uh, Djokovic and Segura, I mean, they've been wonderful ever since the start of the uh, season. And it's just, you know, I just didn't really like, I didn't like how, you know, when Bob made that sub with Elmanir and Elmanir didn't um, match the intensity. I agree. That whoever he came in for. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of miscommunication when he came in and a little bit before that because, I mean, everyone's burned out. But besides that, I was pretty content with the match, especially, you know, like Chris said, um, the resilience it showed. And we didn't maintain composure until the end with Rayito missing that yeah. shot. So. Well, he put it on frame, so mm. at least he did that. I know against Leon, he had a similar opportunity, and he missed just wide. At least yeah. this time he, he forced the keeper to make a save because you never know. If it's still going to go in, it gives a rebound and someone else puts it in. So yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll come in for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I. <laughs> breaking I, news. Yeah, breaking news, right? I was just looking at stuff. So, and it's kind of can be related to stuff at LAFC. So, coronavirus is a huge deal. NBA sk- season got obviously canceled uh, just before we started airing this. But another person just got uh, tested positive for coronavirus, and that's uh, Tom Hanks. And uh-huh. Tom Hanks is related to Colin Hanks, and Colin Hanks shows up to LAFC matches regularly. So, who knows if anything is going to happen? But he's I'm just good friends with Jaime Camilo, who we just had on. Yeah, it's, uh-huh. but I'm just and saying. He was just here. <gasps> yeah, but um, so that was just something I just found out. So this coronavirus is turning out to be. Yeah. So you bring up coronavirus it's not stopping me from going to the game tomorrow it's not stopping me from going to mexico next week i being a young person obviously grain of salt but i'm not that afraid i'm not going to change my lifestyle at all as a result of it and we'll let let it play out we'll see what happens but there's a very very real chance i think mls has said they're going to come out friday with their official statement or at least will reconvene on Friday to decide if they are going to cancel games as well too or play games behind closed doors. It's a very real possibility that tomorrow's Champions League game is our last game at the bank 
for some time. Right. Well, a game that, yeah, a game that was visible to the public or a game in general, right? We have no idea that if any of the other American teams are going to follow suit with what basketball did. And basketball is, you know, arguably the one of the most popular, maybe right behind the NFL in terms of sports. So if they're going to cancel their whole season, right. what, why would a, a different... I don't know if they canceled the whole season or they just suspended the whole season wow. with the chance to bring it back at some point, but... That news is still very fresh as well, too, at the time we're recording here. So Right. This is Wednesday, the 11th, when we're recording in the evening. So this is changing hour by hour. So hopefully when you're listening to this, there's more positive news, but it may not seem that way as well, of right now. And then there was the defender in for Juve that just got... Rugani. Rugani, yeah. Juventus. Who just got tested positive. So it's, I mean, it's definitely... If a player tests positive... I could see them postponing games for a couple weeks. Who knows where this is going? I don't think any of us have any clue how this is going to play out. We haven't seen anything like this maybe since you know the Spanish flu 50 years ago. I mean, nothing that I remember in my lifetime has had this kind of impact. All the various things that have transpired within the last 20, 30 years all fizzled out fairly quickly with the bird flu and all these other things that have come about of late. So who knows that... It's definitely gotten very serious very quick. Obviously, we have concern for everyone's safety, and our hearts go out to anyone who is actually impacted by this illness. But who knows? Who knows what impact it's going to have on the game, on LAFC, on you know the greater Los Angeles area as a whole? But I think uh, as of this morning, there were 20 confirmed cases in L.A. County. And five unconfirmed cases in Orange County. Well, there was the first death today, too, in L.A. County. So it's... Yeah. Oh. It's heavy. It's very yeah, well, heavy. And it's, it's also one of those things where, like you said, we don't know what to do or what to think or how to handle it. But it's, it just very much feels like a dream, you know, like an unreal situation. I do know that hoarding toilet paper is probably not the answer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure, as a person who works, I mean, the front door of my store faces a Costco. And so I see the chaos all day. And it's chaos. People lined up 100, 150 deep at opening every morning. I, I just, I, I don't get it, you know? I Well, yeah, the, the whole thing, because uh, I think Nashville, I was listening to Outkick the Coverage this morning with uh, Clay Travis, and he was saying that Nashville has kind of sent out a thing, like, you guys might be in quarantine, so just kind of be ready, I guess. The city or the team? Or? No, like the city. Like, huh. they're going to, Clay Travis was talking about it this morning, saying that they were going to be in quarantine, and he was like, you know, we're not going to run out of water. He was like, I, I'm, I'm going to buy like stuff to keep my kids sane if we're really in the house. He's like, but if we really need anything, he's like, you can still go outside. You're just not supposed to have interactions with anyone outside of your family. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the thing of water or toilet paper or. I mean, you can still boil water that comes out of your tap if you're worried that the water is. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't I think know. it's just fear and people are afraid. And so they're doing things to comfort themselves. I did reach out to Josh uh, Albertson, mm-hmm. who is m- most notably known as one of the moderators for the LAFC fans. Former page. moderator of the LAFC fans. Whatever. <laughs> so, and he's a radiologist. And so I had asked him, like, hey, dude, on a scale of one to ten, like, how serious is this? And he was like, it's a ten. And, you know, he was talking about how the flu 
can kill uh, sixty to seventy thousand people annually, but the this is this coronavirus is saying that it it kills about three percent, and if that's an exaggeration, you talk about one percent. So one percent of the population for three hundred million people is uh, you know it's still like one one point five. Or well, one percent of three hundred million would be three oh, million. Right. Thank you. <laughs> but it's just still it still is just a lot of people. A three million people would be. Uh, but that's if every single person got it or whatever. That's that would be tragic on a level in which we've never experienced. So it's just that's I, assuming everyone contracts it, right? Yeah. But um, but even if you were to, you know, cut it into a third, okay. So now we're, it's still it's just still it's significant. It's definitely more than yeah. the the flu. Well, I'll probably be wearing a scarf over my face tomorrow at the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But well, that's scarf. that's. Probably the extent. Yeah, maybe this beautiful new 110 scarf. I thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Jerry and scarves. Connor, who couldn't be here for the yeah. scarves and the gear. Thank I, you. I really don't think we can speculate about what's going to happen. No. All we can do is respond as information comes to us. So yeah. with that, I say we sort of move on to the game tomorrow. Yeah. I don't really have anything else on the Philadelphia game. Nope. Well, aside from Mandy and I having a wonderful oh, experience right. at the game. Oh, that's significant. Um, that was great. So great content. Yeah, shout out. To all the people who've reached out, the other podcasts and a heart of LAFC and Defenders and a few others have made mention of it and given Mandy a shout out. Really, it's not about me. It's about her. She's the one who's who's fought back so hard. So it was really an amazing experience to go down and be on the field and Blessing came over and we got interviewed. So, you know, thanks to the folks at the team and the media group who had seen our story out on social media and uh, our friend Matt Ross, who hooked us up with some fancy tickets. So I ended up uh, donating my tickets to charity for the Autism Speaks campaign. Uh, and if anyone would like to go out and donate to the Autism Speaks campaign that's coming up, 3252 and D9, you are heavily involved in that coming up. So we encourage anyone to be involved in the community and help out the way the community has helped us. You want to go ahead and pass that forward we highly encourage you to go out and donate to the autism speaks campaign or come out and join us for the walk um, but so that's where my tickets ended up going to that whole experience prior to the game being on pitch meeting latif otherworldly absolutely otherworldly but aside from that um the game itself like it was a full moon it was a full moon game it was just weird Weird things happen. We saw goals yeah. go in that had no business going in. <laughs> we saw people with all the ability to score a sitter that couldn't put it home. It's probably best to just wash it off and yeah. move on to the next one. Well, well, last thing I'll say about the game is I used to appreciate LAFC since game one. They go out there and just try to entertain and attack and understand that there's a risk that they'll be scored on. And when it is that we get scored on, usually it's some sort of wonder striker unusual play that we get scored on um and kudos to the other team for doing that but more often than not we do perform and we entertain and um you know there's a reason why the team gets talked about nationally now because we're doing these things and we're performing so um i'll i'll, I'll say that about this game that i came away not happy but i was also content i guess is what i would, I would say like we we came back would be the odds in terms of going down three times and not leaving with a loss and no one left with a bad taste. It took two wonder goals yeah. and us missing a sitter for them to tie us. Yep. So you have to hang your hat on that and move on. Biggest game of the week tomorrow, Cruz Azul. Big chance to punch our ticket onto the next round. 
what do you guys think's gonna happen? I think we win at home, <coughs> especially if we're gonna allow the fans and the supporters to be there. Um, I think the bank has become a fortress. Um, it's very rare that we don't get a result, and if the fans are there to be able to push our team forward, I think Cruz Azul doesn't know what they're in for, and I do think they're not gonna be as maybe considered as favorites now that we've performed against Leon. I think they're going to be more cautious and more prepared, but I will never bet against us against any team at the bank. Jerry, are you more concerned with the LAFC keeping them off the sheet, making sure that they don't score that away goal, or do you want to see LAFC go after it and just try and score as many goals as they can? I think I'm more concerned with the sheet because, I mean, I think this is a good match where we have to learn defensively how to contain teams like this. But I think in terms of schedule, I think we're very fortunate because we don't have a match this weekend. And Cruz Azul has a big match against America this weekend. So they're going to be tired coming back for the second leg. Right. But, yeah, I think the sheet is more important than getting one because then we could close it out at their turf. And what do you matter? This match wouldn't matter. Just like how the first leg didn't matter when we went to Leon. You bring up a good point. Like, that's a big derby match in, yeah. in Mexico City. So... They're, I think they're even going to probably rest some players. If not from the starter, at least they're going to bring some people out in the second half just mm-hmm. to keep them fresh for the weekend. So if we can, you know, keep them as a clean sheet, like you said, and get one or two goals, I think we can get like a, some sort of tie or get one, one away goal over there. And I think we can handle business that way. So it's a matter of managing the games and yeah. being mature defensively. Yeah, I think zero goals is a win regardless, you know? Yeah. I'm curious, you know, the environment in Guanajuato for Leon, uh, the altitude, you know, the first time in an international way. Do you, I mean, I feel like LAFC should try and come out and score as many as they can at the bank and not put, not take their foot off of the gas just because I feel like Estadio Azteca is, is an even bigger, um, arena for for them to play uh, and so i i'm not i'm not saying that they played and they were intimidated against leon i just who knows what the what influenced the the performance on the pitch that day in in leon but i don't want to see a repeat of that but in the event that anything were to happen in lfc doesn't play to the to the best of their ability i would like us to have as big of a cushion as we could going into that match totally and I think I think offensively we will. I just want to make sure we don't lose concentration defensively. Yeah. Um, so, who who are some players to look for? Do you think? Uh, Jonathan Rodriguez for sure. Chris yeah. Who's a striker? He's I believe he's the leading scorer right now in Liga MX. Right. And I forgot who they played last weekend, but they plowed whoever they played. So, definitely a striker to keep an eye on. I'm looking forward to uh, Jakovic and Seguro keeping an eye on him and see what to do. I think. You know, if it was my choice, if I was Bob and in his shoes and tactical-wise, I would go stack on this one. You know, put Segura up top as an anchor and then Jakovic in the back, you know, like a little sweeper. But then we do have Ramirez in the back. Well, that's old school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we do have Ramirez in the back, and he's more of a sweeper keeper. That's what it looks like. But that's just me, so. I think Vermeer has shown a great ability to come out and read those balls where he knows when to come out. His timing on it has been flawless so far. Right. The second he has a mistake, he's going to own it. But so far, what we've seen from him with the decision-making is when to come out, even 
mm. far out. Yeah. You know, he hasn't made that mistake yet. So he's kind of earned some trust in that regard, or at least earned the ability to make that decision more freely, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I... And he's the type of keeper, even if he makes a mistake, he'll be able to let it go just because of his experience. Um, us fans are the ones that kind of criticize, and I'm sure he doesn't go on LAFC fans, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> are they really fans on that page? It's kind of oxymoronic in that regard. But, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think you bring up a good point, though. Having a keeper like him will be able to sustain some balls in behind if, if we're pushing the line high. Um, so I don't think there'll be a necessity to have a stacked OG sweeper and stack, and stopper. Um, and I think even though they don't play that way, they kind of coordinate in who goes, who stays, and mm. who recovers from yeah. in terms of the uh, left back and right back. So defensively, I think we just need to concentrate and make sure that Atuesta comes back and helps, and same with Latif and, and Mark Anthony K when they're on their counterattacks. Well, one thing I actually did want to mention about the Philadelphia game was, um, you know, Mark Anthony K seems like he's been one of the first substitutes to come off uh, in the last last few matches, and Bryce Duke has been coming in and seeing action in every competitive match so far this season. Do you think that... Well, first of all, I'm happy to see that because I think that Bryce Duke, is he plays a great a great game, and I think that he's made a lot of really good moves. So I'm, I'm assuming that that will probably be a, a fixture point maybe later this season or in a season to come. But do you think Mark Anthony K is... There had been talk in the offseason that he was going to get moved. Do you think that maybe Bob's, Bob's looking to transition? I think he was injured preseason, so some of that might just be match fitness. Right. So the position he plays is very physically demanding, very mentally demanding. And if you're constantly having to focus mental effort on your own fatigue that's taking away from your ability to read the game there's been some mistakes the play has not been as physically aggressive or as clean as we have experienced in the past from him so i think some of that is just early season jitters and him working it out and they're trying to monitor that workload and making sure he doesn't have those late stressful minutes on his body as it's still coming back from injury plus it gives us a chance to see you know the likes of a pancho ginella of cifuentes and see what some of these guys they need to get minutes as well too and if we do what we did last year, where the same three midfield trio of Atuesta, Blessing, and K are playing 97% of the minutes, then why even bring in a Ginella or a Sifu? Like, they got to get minutes somewhere. Yeah. As much as Bob makes the midfield work and they're constantly shifting and moving back and forth, they're putting a lot of miles in. So I think it makes sense for those to be the first substitutions anyway. Um, but I don't think K has had the greatest of games of late. Now that... Second game versus Leon at home, he played particularly well. So, yeah, I think it's more a matter of fitness than anything else. I agree. I think you made a astute observation, though. He had some not so clean touches where typically what we're used to last year, he would get the ball and have like a clean next pass. And there was very small windows where he could have gotten that ball through to one of our top three attacking players um and it took an extra touch and that's one of the things i know bob always talks about like clean touches body positioning for the next pass and i think k because probably because of match fitness or maybe has something lingering it isn't as clean yet um and i know he's pushing himself i never question his effort but i i think if there's an opportunity with one of the other midfielders that have some different attributes but can still put in a defensive shift 
Bryce Duke and Janela have been able to show that so far. I'm still waiting for Cifuentes to get fit because I think he is a more athletic version and not as tall version of K. And I don't know, and I haven't been able to observe his technical ability yet. Um, but when that happens, I think there's going to be a healthy competition. And getting these minutes early on is only going to, I think, encourage that kind of second tier midfield uh, trio that we have. Jerry, what are your thoughts on Bryce Duke? I mean, he's two years older than you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just it's cool, you know, to have a, someone on the squad, you know, in age we could relate. And I, I mean, I exchanged with them a few times, so it's, you know, imagine me on that pitch. You know, what I'm saying that's the closest I could probably get. But um, I think it's very good the depth we have within our midfield, and then also you know the departure of Walker Zimmerman really helped out with that depth in the midfield because now not only that we have a lot of midfielders, but our back line is looking nicer, much nicer than we thought we would. So maybe we might not need a replacement for Walker. The only depth I see that we don't have is in the right back. So maybe we can have Blessing drop back like he did in the first season. And then we'll have the rest of the midfielders battle it out up top, send some kids to, to loan out, you know, to Phoenix or whatnot. But in my perspective right now, I think John Thornton is going for the, the European factory approach. You know, teams like Dortmund, PSG, Barcelona. You know, I think not only is it great right now, but it's going to be even greater for the future. And I think we're preparing for the future. So I, I like this nice, healthy competition within our middle. Well, you mentioned right back. It has been confirmed that Andy Nahar, Najar, I'm still not 100% sure on the pronunciation. Apologies. Because he's speaking English or Spanish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he is still with the team and still training with the team. It was confirmed in some of the post-game photos that came out. He was in the background in the locker room. Mm. We know we've acquired that first international spot. He is, however, injured and working his way back from injury. So I think if you're to read the writing on the wall there, once he's recovered from injury and that is assessed he could likely slot into the team because he's here in training and performing alongside these same guys. And if he doesn't come back from injury, you've got that allocation ranking slot in your pocket that you could then go out and use. Right. And we have a stop gap with Blessing, which he played right back briefly, although he was attacking against Philadelphia. You, you wouldn't know those minutes he was playing right back. He was basically in the box most of the time. Yep. So I, th I think you're right. Thornton, Bob, and the rest of the team – are thoughtful and they're, you know, moving forward in terms of having players that are going to be here uh, in the near future as starters because, you know, they're still in their late teens, early 20s. Do you guys see any changes to the lineup against uh, Cruz Azul? No. 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 I think, I mean, if it's not broken, why try to fix it? You know? No, mean, right. I agree. I just didn't know if, you know, anybody no. thought maybe there would be something different than what we just saw against Philadelphia. No. Nothing injury? Yeah. No. Nah, I think we're cool. I haven't seen a case where Bryce is overtaking anyone. Yeah. Or Ginella. <laughs> so, not yet. Ginella's the one you could think maybe with Kay's physicality being more beneficial in the latter half of the game. There's an argument to be made to maybe start Ginella and then bring Kay in later. But it doesn't seem like Bob is one to really change things up a whole lot, especially in a game with this magnitude i think he's going to go with what the guys are used to and then adjust from there yeah all right well i i think i think we've hit all the games 
Yeah, that about wraps up our conversation on the upcoming game versus Curacao. Hopefully this podcast is out in time for that and our recap of our game against Philadelphia. So I'm going to go ahead and transition our attention to the young man who's been so kind enough to drive all the way across Los Angeles to come and join us Mm -hmm. Uh, and his lovely mother as well, too. Thank you guys so much for coming out. So, uh, Jerry, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into the beautiful game? Oh, man. He's got time. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I mean, I grew up in SoCal, born in Berkeley. Um, Go Bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad teaches it, right? Yeah, my dad has taught at Cal since 77. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, and I, I played a lot in the Long Beach area, so I used to go to this uh, indoor soccer place. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Uh, pretty famous around my time. It's called Long Beach Futsal. Um, a family by the name of the Caparellis from Argentina owned that indoor soccer place and we pretty much kicked off from there you know learning to play indoor soccer and futsal so there's my love for the game the Caparellis my dad used to play against them in high school they went to Millican High my dad went to Long Beach Poly uh, my uncles went there as well so they had a bit of a rivalry you know across town and I don't know what happened either maybe some type of LAFC fans group or something they met on Facebook and they found the indoor my parents found the indoor soccer place and we just started going and that was like our church. We go every five days a week, you know, had matches, pick up games, or help host some events. We had watch parties for uh, international matches and whatnot, you know, summer uh, tournaments. So ever since then, it's just soccer, Mom, soccer, soccer. Mom started playing soccer at yeah. 29 years old. <laughs> That's awesome. That's crazy. That's great. And so how, how, you know, how young were you when you first started playing soccer? Um, good thing my mom's here because she got me to tell the story. Uh, I hated soccer. I was all football, football, football. I wanted to play football, but she didn't want me to play American football. American yeah. football, yeah. Wrong football. Wrong football. I mean, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what do you call it? You call it concussion ball? No. Hey. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> the oblong ball? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I wanted to play football. You know, I was all into football at what age of nine maybe yeah, gridiron that's what you were thinking of. we were talking yeah, about the yeah, English yeah. word for the NFL yeah, they call it the gridiron game that's right <laughs> and my mom she forced me to play and she took me to a soccer clinic and I was like I want to play football <laughs> yeah. really Mama yeah. Reynoso, so what was yeah. the motivation behind pulling him out of the gridiron game and into the beautiful game? I guess I said so <laughs> <laughs> basically um you know, we used to live in a, a small um, complex, apartment, and uh, he used to play in the, um, on the back, you know, in the parking lot. So it was more like a, a street soccer, right? you know, that's how we learn in our um, countries. To yeah, play that's soccer. the best way. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So um, one of my friends, like Jerry says, uh, she was posting on, on social media, if somebody wants to play soccer, I was like, I love soccer, but I never been playing in my life, so let's do it. So we went to this place, and with this beautiful family, Caparelli's family, and um, and I told them like, look, this is great for you. You always want to play football, but you always ask us to play football in the wrong time. Yeah. The season already started, you know, but I want you guys to start doing something. So I'm gonna start playing. If I can play, you can play. So, um, yeah, they score on us every single game, 30 nothing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Actually, and then, people and then the team go everybody. to see us just to laugh at us. I mean, it was great, but we have uh, a great time. And then um, 
I just talked to him and I put him in a small room and I told him like, you're gonna be mad at me and I'm sorry, you know, uh, but I, you're gonna play, you're gonna play soccer. <laughs> um, you probably hate me tonight, but we're gonna talk about this in a few years and you're gonna give me a hug. So has the hug happened yet? Oh yeah, many times. I mean, <laughs> that was probably the first and last tantrum I ever threw. You know, I was throwing chairs and tables and whatnot. Yeah, what? that was all bad. Yeah. So, I, yeah, so I, how old were you? I was nine, I think, nine or ten years wow. old. And I was just like deep into football, wow. American football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was way deep into it. And I was like, that's all I'm gonna do for the rest of my life is play football. So did you ever play American football? No. Flag football. <laughs> <laughs> but it was because. Um, I don't understand American football. So, oh. I was like, mom's, mom's not having fun. So, if a mom is not having fun, I guess nobody's having fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, other than American football and soccer, basketball, everything. Or, oh, okay. Yeah, everything. I was, ESPN was my favorite channel. I didn't mess with Nickelodeon, Disney, nothing like that. ESPN, Fox Sports, NBC, all, all day, dude. It's a different kind of storytelling, right? Because yeah. there's stories behind the players, the teams, the origins. So, it's almost, sometimes I think about it as like, uh, uh, like a version of or a real life version of like soap operas because there's drama there's mm -hmm. results oh there's as much drama in sports as there is in any oh, telenovela yeah. Yeah, so, sure. novelas yeah. yeah so yeah. I mean so your mom obviously loves the sport and then over time you you played and became like in, like kind of okay with it because you played it or be, did you become passionate because you, now you understood the difficulty or the passion behind the, the fans in like Latin America and Europe, like how, how did that evolve into like, you know, your love for the game? Just, I guess just in our current situation, you know, playing in the streets and whatnot, that was all, the only thing I was able to do. I was able to play video games or, you know, Wi-Fi wasn't really existing at the time. Soccer was like, started to become my alternate option. If that's the last thing I have to do. I'm going to do it. Um, and then of course, going to the indoor soccer place, futsal, um, you know, just seeing how much everyone enjoyed it, I guess I just wanted to fit in the crowd. And I, I guess I regained their passion that they had. And yeah. I saw what they've been looking at probably their whole life. And so around that time, six years ago, was just around the time when Chivas USA was was folding and LAFC had started. So at what point did LAFC get on your radar? Well, that's perfect with futsal because uh, the Caparellis, one of the Caparellis, his name is Alejandro. He was assistant manager for Chivas USA. So I gathered season tickets. I used to go, whenever I could, I'll go to the match. And I didn't know much about the MLS, you know, but I was always into the players. And the only thing I kept up was Chivas USA. I didn't care about anybody else. You know, I remember I remember when they first signed Kubo Torres and Bofo came on. And nice, yeah. I used to, I mean, it's just it's bittersweet because I used to stand when I was a kid next to him, Julio. Julio Ramos, I used to, El Chivo Mayor. I used to stand next to him when he was leading the Ultras at that time. So it was like... You know, it brought LAFC brought me back to the, my childhood, you know. And so I used to go to the games, and I remember right before we moved up north, because we moved to towards Sacramento area, we met up with the Capriles one more time, and Ale told us. It was about 2013, so the year, like, this before the season, they folded. He told us, yeah, they're going to fold this year. Um, the Chivas de Guadalajara, my owner, lost them out. They're not producing or whatever. So he said, but there's going to be a new club, LASC. He said SC. So I was like, FC or SC? And he said, they're going to be like Chivas colors. So I was like, okay. I was going for the colors. But ever since then, you know, ever since I was told there, I, I thought of it as like, I knew something that nobody else knew. And I knew something special. 
what I'm saying? And so from then and there, 2013 and on, I just kept on following news, rumors. I believed in every rumor I heard because I just wanted it to come true. And I just remember when the expansion side announcement came, I was just super hyped because it was like, I knew it, but I couldn't tell anybody. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I remember when I was in middle school, I would every day or at least once a week, but ultimately go, I don't know if you remember the Bank of California Stadium website and you check out the live webcam. Yeah. And oh, you yeah, look at them doing sure. the stadium. Yes. Yeah. I remember I used to what? follow this guy's page. I can't remember who what his name was. Um, BNG LAFC on YouTube. And he would give weekly updates on LAFC on the progress You're of the right. stadium. He'll pass by. Dude, I You're was right. all on top of it. One summer, I came back from the north um, to hang out with some friends I haven't seen in years, my middle school friends. And before we left back up north, I was bummed because, I mean, I grew up in Carson most of my life. So I was like, I'm bummed out missing out on my friends. But we hit up this soccer store and I saw the hat, that specific hat that you're wearing right now, Jonathan. And I was like, I have to get it because nobody else is wearing it. Nobody, I haven't seen a single person wear it. So I want to be the first one to wear it. So I got it. My dad gave me money for the trip. I came with just me and my brother. We came alone for the summer. And I bought it. That was the last thing I bought. Head back home. I wore it for like three months. It got really dirty. And I kept wearing it. And then I started getting really messed up hair. I think I got lice from it, too. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm be honest. What? I think I got lice from it. Yeah, I was not taking care. I just, you know. It's not from just, the hat. That's from you, though. No, no, but it was super dirty. <laughs> I wasn't taking care of it or nothing. But, but you know, I didn't uh, care. That, the, honestly, the, the, I feel like that that black and gold hat, right, the original black and gold LAFC hat, had that that revolutionized the hat game for MLS. Oh yeah, big time in, in America. Because before that, it was it, they were you know Michelin S or the Adidas ones, and now I mean it just so happened right the hat game became a big thing for LAFC, and now we've got New Era hats and stuff like that. And it's I, I mean that hat uh, it'll never never take over the Dodgers hat. Oh yeah, but that is that in my mind is the second most popular hat. In LA. It went zero to iconic like that. Yeah. Instantly. Mm-hmm. Instantly. And you see people all over LA that have never watched a football game, know nothing about Major League Soccer, and yet they're wearing the hat. I go up to people all the time, like, yeah, LAFC. And they're like, I hate it when people say that to me. I just like the hat. And you're like, whoa, <laughs> you're wearing a hat. Yeah. Yeah, right. But it transcends the culture of the game. Yep. It's been it's been iconic in that regard. So when did life transition from Sacramento back to Los Angeles, and how did you get involved in LAFC and taking your fandom to that next level? Well, besides of being a fan, I was I mean I'm an athlete. You know, my whole plan ever since I was a teen, you know, or a young teen, um, was just to go pro, no matter what. I mean, Caporellis, those guys meant a lot to me. You know, I have some of them end up becoming pro right now. Jonathan Caporelli, he just signed with FC Tucson, the USL League One. Nice. So very proud of him. Um, my buddy, Pablo Caporelli, who's like my age, 16, he just got signed by Sacramento Republic. Oh, wow. And then his Ale, the one who used to be the assistant manager for um, Chivas Jose, he just got signed by Sacramento as well. So everyone's moving around, and it's just it's awesome, dude, because it's a connection. Yeah. So it, this whole move, everything that's happening right now, like there's a reason for it. And futsal is a perfect place to start yeah. because there you learn so much about the game, spacing, touch. Um, you have to be fast. You mm-hmm. have to be able to play offense and defense immediately. So I think that's very, very important. Uh, so, so you have your friends, right? The and and 
at what point, so, you know, just what point did it, did you start deciding to kind of get into the journalist side of, oh, of things? So, uh, I was playing, uh, you know, like I said, I was an athlete and I was just, I, I feel like I was the best. I was doing whatever I want. I had took initiative of everything. Um, and then I was moved down here to my sophomore year. I attended Carson High and I wasn't too excited about to move. Um, they had me playing both JV and varsity. And so I was just exhausted every day. I was mad. I was sad. I didn't like playing anymore. I started losing passion. And I was upset about that because it wasn't my fault. It was more like the coaches and the people I was around who were making me hate the game that I loved. So I decided to take the whole summer off and you know what? I don't want to lose his love. So in order to regain it, let me do what I like doing, which is talk about it. And I mean, I'm, I'm a shy person, at least at the time. Um, so I started writing. I kept my writing private, and I used to write on this forum, this app called Discuss the Game. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Oh. Well, it was basically just people like me who wanted to start writing, and I guess you could say a little sports Facebook. Um, you just write whatever article or little topic you want to discuss with other people, and whoever pops up that article or post, you start a debate or have a conversation on it. That's it. That sounds great. And That's awesome, yeah. My mom caught me. <laughs> I wanted to keep it private. My mom caught me, and she was like, you have to share this. And I didn't start writing LAFC until I remember I wrote, I, I saw this post, and somebody was like, the post was about how to be successful in the app. And there's a lot of successful people on the app. Like, there's kids younger than me, like 12 or 13, who are like 10 times better than what I do. And so I, I one of the suggestions was to cover a team. And I was like, I don't see anybody my age covering LAFC or on this app, so why don't I do it? You know? And, you know, like I said, I didn't start writing LAFC. I used to write Dodgers. I used to do Kings, Lakers, basketball, strictly football, anything. But it was nothing soccer. I'll do soccer, but LAFC was nowhere near. And so I saw that post. And I decided, you know, since my mom called me, um, I had to share it. You know what I mean? And so where in this timeline when you started doing you know writing about LAFC or even cons- or even doing this writing where was it in terms of the uh, LAFC season you know had like were you here where did you move back down south for the inaugural season mm-hmm. so then uh, you know at what point were you able to start watching you know LAFC games kind of wrap all that timeline in together okay um so if I missed the entire first season uh, I was still living up north uh, in a small city called Fairfield California um during that time, ESPN Plus, I believe, just came out. I used to go mini golfing in Fairfield. Scandia. Yeah, Scandia. Scandia, yeah. On the 80. On the 80, yeah. Yeah, um, I used to live in Walnut Creek for a while. Oh, okay, just, cool. Yeah. yeah, I used to have tournaments over there all the time. Um, so we'd snuggle flasks of whiskey into Scandia and go mini yeah. golfing. I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> At least not to him. <laughs> um, so you missed the NAR, but did you catch maybe like LAFC when they came to San Jose? No, but I caught every game. I watched oh, you watched game, on TV? On ESPN Plus? MS Live on yeah. ESPN Plus, yeah, every okay. game. I missed soccer games to watch LAC games, dude. And I got in trouble for it. <laughs> I missed a soccer tournament to watch LAC games, dude. And, um, yeah, I was just like, I'm going to get on top of it. And I used to wear my hat to school, and everyone would be like, what is that? I'm like, don't worry about it. That's my thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, then, what was happening? When you moved back. Moved back, uh, yeah. yeah. My, my dad... Got laid off from his job, so we moved back over here, SoCal, try to get another fresh start. It's probably about the third fresh start we tried to have. 
Um, we then, let me try to remember here. So yeah, I started playing soccer for the Carson High. And season was coming up, so I was getting hyped because, I mean... This season two. Season two, season two, last yeah. season. Mm-hmm. So I'm back now. So I was like, well, now I can actually experience this, right? And I have no idea what's going to go on. So I'm like fresh to the start. I think I know what's going on, but I don't. And, you know, this is when I first started writing again. And I decided to publish everything. So when I first started off, it was with Twitter. I was super against uh, social media because just how I abused it back in my young days. I wasn't proud of it, so I tried to stay away from it. But since I'm writing now, I decided, I mean, social media is the way to go. Uh, I published a couple articles. Not many people saw it. I started following anyone with LAFC related, as anyone does. Uh, I met Max. Max, uh, I followed him on Instagram, Max Bredos. And he gave out a tweet. Two tickets. Give me a reason why you want them, and it's yours. And I gave the soapiest, the saddest <laughs> story reason for me to get those tickets. And it's because of my dad. He's been working his ass off. For the past few years, I, I didn't really grow up with my dad because he's working all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to give him a break by taking him to a game. Not only to a game, but to our first LAFC game. And he like literally closed the contest after that and said, they're yours. And so I was like, shook. Like, whoa, like that, that really just happened so quick. Shouts to Max. Man. Yeah. Good, good guy. That's a great, that's a great story. And so, uh, what, do you remember? tell me what you remember about the game. Do you remember the opponent, the score, the environment, like... Four to one, Portland, I believe. Portland. Yeah, Portland match. And then this is when I first started uh, working at Dean House Sports Park with my buddy, uh, my compadre Chino. What's up, Brian? How you doing? I know you listen later on. So I told him after that game, me and my dad had a blast. I wrote an article, but I didn't publish it. I kept that one private because I was like, it's my, my first experience, so I wanted to keep it to myself. Um, I told him, next week, I'm going to take you to a watch party at the Fields LA which I was barely familiar with because it was my first match attending that stadium. Um, it was a match against DC United attending that watch party. And I got interviewed for one of the videos for LAFC publishes on my uh, YouTube, on YouTube and Twitter. And yeah, yeah. promotional one. Yeah. So that was like more hype. Like, wow, I was there. And my compa, he was, he knew nothing about soccer, nothing about football, strictly American football. And I was like, dude, just come here and try, bro. And we're working, making our churros and whatnot. He's like, nah, nah, bro, it's whack. I'm like, how about I buy you a ticket? We went the next week. We went to uh, Seattle. Enjoyed it. And he said he was a Galaxy fan, but he didn't know any better. So <laughs> converted him real quick. Well, I mean, you also were working, you know, yeah, yeah, at Dignity Sports Park, yeah. too, yeah. right? But, um, okay, and so then you converted him? Converted him, and from then on there, we just uh, kept going to matches. In fact... If you guys want to lead into how I met Connor. Yeah, no, that's the next question. Perfect. Okay, perfect. Yeah. so how I met Connor, um, attending that Seattle uh, match, my first match against Portland when I took my dad, I went to tailgate. I met some people, but I was too shy. I just wanted to get the vibe, just experience of being at the tailgate. You know, something new. I just wanted to get the whole taste. Um, so I went to the tailgate uh, in the Seattle match last year. Um. And I, I, those prior, those two weeks before, I started listening to podcasts, listening to everything. I was just like, I'm going to see this out all the way. Met JR, and I was shaking. Uh, JR is Scar from Philly and Defenders in them. And I was shaking. I was like, can I get a picture with you guys, please? And I'm nervous. You yeah. know what I'm saying? These guys are doing what I want to do, you know, that i just been dreaming of. And I'm meeting these guys already for free. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so it was crazy. 
Um, and I remember I see everyone with their customized jerseys and having they're, they're expressing themselves to their jerseys. So I went to go customize my jersey for like 30 bucks or whatnot, which was even better, cheaper. Um, and I remember that day, uh, Connor, he has his page, LFC Universe. He did a contest giveaway where, you know, you like to post, share, and whatnot. And winner gets a trip to Seattle. So the following week, a back-to-back matchup been in Seattle. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. So I, you flew up with him? So I flew with him. That's how I met him. That, yeah, so I won that giveaway. One, were you, was it just one winner? Yeah, it was one winner, and I was about to bring my uh, guest. Wow, you are, you are winning all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah, I was getting giveaways after giveaways after giveaways. So what, and was that one just a random selection or? Yeah, random selection. Like a raffle draw. Wow. And so, yeah. and so then. Wait, who was your guest? I took my uncle, who oh. was also always, also was working a lot, so I was like, I'm gonna take him a break to experience what I've been experiencing. That's so cool. you, you were about to take me. Back I was gonna to take Mexico. my mom, but she was in Mexico, dude. Oh, yeah. 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 bad timing. Yeah, yeah. she yeah. went. She went to Mexico for culinary school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I was like, "Hey, my mom's not here. Who am I gonna take?" And my dad was like, <laughs> "Oh," <laughs> and I was like, "No, no, I didn't never think." Culinary school in Mexico. Yeah. Like like Corona Azul, what is it? Or uh... <laughs> well, there was one. It was more like one on one with chef, with a chef. Um, it was a pastry chef. Uh, I went to culinary school uh, a few years ago in Napa Valley, so that's what I do. For CIA a or? It was a. Um, the you... Culinary Institute of America CIA yes, exactly. is in Napa. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was it was something more like more smaller, not not, 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 not the same <laughs> one. Secret agent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's. I know, a, I know. Let the bullet. I spend a lot of time in Napa. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yes, for work. Yes. For work. And I have family there too. My uncle lives in Napa. No one, no one at all. But, uh, okay, so you flew up with Connor, right? And uh, so tell us, I mean, how did that go? First time on a jet, first time on a plane. So I was like, you know, it's a private jet. So I was like, oh, wow. This says a lot. I mean, kids my age, some of that, again, age relation, I I really take that to heart. But I told him, yeah, I'm a journalist reporter and whatnot. I mean, I just started doing that three weeks ago. <laughs> so it didn't really mean much, but to me, it meant something like I had to say to him because I mean, I'm in, a, I'm in his private jet, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And so he was like, oh, cool. And we we're kicking it out. Like, we we're enjoying ourselves, cracking jokes and getting to know each other. Um, and that was just weird. After that, that match, you know, one one tie. Um, after that day flying home, you know, I was only in Seattle for three hours and I only stepped about five miles into Seattle. So it was a good experience. Um, flying back home and Did you fish market, go to the space nothing, needle, any nothing, of that stuff? Just, we got there like 30 minutes before game time and park, right? Watch the match. It's very efficient. Yeah. That's it was great. One way trip and just head back and everything happened really quick. And I was like, I think that just happened. I remember we woke up six in the morning just before that trip. Come back at like three. I think the match was at twelve thirty. Went back home by nine. Oh, or six, sorry. And I'm like, wow, that's quick. Dude. That's quick getting out. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, wow, that really just happened. And I was hoping, I mean, I would see him again or what or not. And we just kept in touch. And then, and you know, he's a busy guy. He's an actor. He's doing his thing. Um, but time with time, through him, I met other people who are just like us, who are very passionate about the MLS and about LAFC. You know, we have 
Um, Blake, LAC Central. I don't yeah. know if you guys recognize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. We, we uh, Blake was one of our first, uh, Christian and I's first interviews. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a OG. Yeah. We were kicking it down in Leon together. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you almost took me, man. What's up with that, Blake? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's also Eli Lesser, who's everyone's very yeah, familiar uh, with. This he, week in MLS. Yeah, yeah this, this week, week in MLS. That's, but he's that. the one that he's the one that goes to school in Syracuse now, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. that's our brother right there. And then there's Gil Gilberto Tapio. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Yep. Mm-hmm. He does uh, LAFC highlights. Oh, these are all the people that are in the. This uh, is, these are the all the content creators. Yeah, yeah, that's all us. And I met through them, and then. Just little by little, keep shaking hands, like, meeting people, and along the line. It's the it's the next generation. Yeah, like, dude. These guys, I mean, we're all, I guess, early thirties to late thirties. So you guys are the next generation of the content creation. You guys have skills that seem easy to you, and it's like it takes us a few more steps to think about how to do all these things. But you know, this editing, cropping, oh yeah, fine, well, all the social stuff. media stuff, oh, yeah. dude. You guys are way ahead of us. We all learn that. from each other. I'll let yeah. you know right now. We all learn from each other. I used to do. 50 hashtags, and I just need to do four. I was like, really? You know, I, I was very unorganized, but uh, I try to at least get a hook, yeah. somebody to grab their attention. So they yeah. can at least look at, like my post. Like, you don't have to read my article, at least like my post. Yeah. So other people could read it, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we all, we're all brotherhood, and we actually came together and tried to know, know each other as the Tekker Squad. Okay. Yeah, so we're trying to build something on that. Um, you know, with Eli in Syracuse and New York, balling that over there. And the rest of us over here doing our own thing. We're just uh, waiting for the right time to form something that we've been planning for a very long time. So we would be remiss on a podcast if we didn't discuss your podcast that you were involved with, the L.A. Saga podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about how you formed that show and you know how that came about and what your plans are to do in the future now that that podcast has gone away and you're transitioning into something new. After that Seattle match, I took my buddy Brian and I told him, like, Next day at work, I said, bro, start a podcast. He's like, what? And I'm like, just sports, bro. We literally talk about whatever we want. He doesn't know much about sports as much as I do, but he do be my 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 counterpart, the counter guy. So who's there for support? And he literally went out of his way to help me out and do that. You know, Los Angeles Saga. Um, it was supposed to be like just something we do on the side, not consistent, you know, just when we have time. Uh, but we had a lot of fun with it, you know. Just strictly just us two, two guys talk about sports. You know, we just had a normal conversation, put the phone on the on the table and record. That's dope. That was yeah. from the phone only? Yeah, phone. Whoa. That, yeah. <laughs> that's dope. Oh, we did we did a lot of changes that we put a pillow in front to try to filter the wind and the cars passing by. Uh, oh, it was outdoors? Yeah, no, it was inside, but because huh. I was staying oh, you're right down the street from the stadium from Daniel Sports Park. Got it. Right there on Victoria and Tank and yeah, the bus is passing by, so we would like pause real quick. We'll pause real quick, and then wait for the cars pass by, and they were like close the windows and whatnot. And well, yes. if you're on the Victoria side, at least you didn't have to worry about noise coming from the stadium. Yeah, oh I mean there wasn't. God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah, that, Very true. It's yeah. it's uh, speaking of that block, the videos that are going around with. The scenes that took place at the Dignity Hell Sports Park are just absolutely hilarious. What a what a cringeworthy performance they put on. It it is just fueling my soul right now. I cannot lie. I have It it is interesting that, you know, that that whole supporter section got uh remodeled. Uh and it doesn't seem like 
the performance in the stands has changed significantly. And the performance on the field has definitely dropped significantly. So it's it's just moving in the wrong direction. Did you see the Cobra Kai chant? <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, funny. It's it's a... it's not like they had a whole off season to work on both those things. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you're gonna, you can't change the clothes and then expect to change of attitude. You know? Uh, you know what? I don't. Uh, yeah, but no, that Cobra Kai that Cobra Kai <laughs> one was pretty bad, and it it seemed. That's worse. Quiet Squad, not Victoria Block. I think it but was. You're right. You know what? It, it, it seemed honor, worse. It seemed worse because it it didn't seem like everybody knew what that guy was saying for them to be able to participate back in. And there was I I I this woman's face stands out to me on that video where whoever's holding the camera pans to the stands and you see this one woman <laughs> who's like looking at him and she's not I mean she's like one of the front row people she's not cheering she's not saying anything it's almost like she's looking at him like no mamas yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it was like I uh I mean, I'll, I'll give it to them. They have, like, a few more flags. That's really the only difference that I see. They try to do their own little version of Jump for L.A. Football Club where they go back and forth, and it doesn't, like, right. Yeah. You know, it's not really people in school. I don't know. Just, if, you can, if you can pan over to, to that supporter section at any time and see that, you know, there's, like, a small pocket here and maybe a small pocket here that are, like, standing up, and, and but it's not everybody. It, it just... It's like, what did no. you remodel that section for if yeah. you're not going to utilize it the way it was meant to be utilized? Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. I like it a lot because I attended three events before that home opener against uh, Vancouver. And I attended the, the two Olympic qualifiers for the U.S. Women's National Team. And then I attended the L.A. Wildcats home, home opener. And because if there's active support, then it was done right. But since, I mean, if it's going to be like how Galaxy's doing it, I mean, what's the point? So you're Understand? saying that the two the two Olympic qualifiers and the Wildcats game is a better environment? Yeah. <laughs> I'll okay. be honest. Dude, everyone was all <laughs> I out, just dude. wasn't sure I yeah. got that, but yeah. uh, that's what you said. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I had more fun than what it looked like out there. Over there, it looked like it was just whatever it was in conflict. So know? what is it like at a, at a at the XFL Wildcats game when people are in the supporters safe standing supporter section? Well, you know, the team is still new, so but there's a lot of rowdiness. You know, they have the there's a lot of uh, attention on that side because, you know, they're trying to promote that section. Yeah. It doesn't pack out. Mm-hmm. But it is active, I'll let you know right now. And same thing with the women's national team. They had the second match, they called the final against Canada, they had that section open. Just only that match. And we packed that one out. You know, the Americanos came, Bada 76, and everyone else. They all traveled. And there were some new new people there. But, you know, we tried our best to be as active as possible. And those new ones felt comfortable and joining on it. So I think after those three games, those experiences, you know, it was done right. So but, having that available for non-Galaxy games is going to be beneficial. Is what you're yeah, saying. <laughs> I think so. I don't know if you guys noticed, but American Outlaws are doing the Haka chant now. It was first brought to AO by Barra76 for the games here in California. But if you watched the game today, which did not take place in California, but Barra, the American Outlaws were doing the, the yeah. hoo-ha, the you whole gotta thing. Give it, you got to give a shout-out to Fern because he's the one who started all that. Yeah, yeah. shout-out to yeah. Barra76. That was Fern and Jimmy and, right? Yeah. Jimmy's part of Jimmy's part Oh, of no, Mo. 
Jonathan's always there too. Yeah, yeah. but I'm saying there's a the, ton of people. I would say Fern is the one who deserves the credit. Yeah. Um, because he's really the driving force behind much of what goes on in B76. But there are plenty of members of 3252 and the greater L.A. community. Mm-hmm. You know, let's be honest, Bar 76 is about supporting the United States. So there are Galaxy fans there as well, mm-hmm. too. You know, people sort of set their team affiliations aside in order to support the U.S. And so there are some Galaxy chants that get rebranded right. for the USA. There are LFC chants that get rebranded for the USA. And both sides have been very, you know, supportive of each other in that regard. So it's it's very nice to see, I think. Yeah. Going back to the Saga podcast. So you guys were recording from your phone, basically on the, almost on the, in, indoors, but near the stadium. So how did that experience you feel prepared you for your next venture? Uh, next venture in terms of your new your new one ten football, um, I think partnership. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just publicly speaking, you know, help yeah. me out. Um, you know how I'm talking to you guys. You know, I don't, if I didn't do that podcast, I don't think I'll be able to speak in front of you guys right now and tell you guys my story. Um, but not only was it able to help me get on comfort zone in terms of speaking, but to in terms of uh, eye contact. You know, speaking to my friends, someone I grew up with. And talk to him with somebody recording to my left or whatnot. You know, I was able to shake hands with people and look them into the eye. You know, just the responsible stuff to do. Some, some confidence. Confidence, right. yeah, exactly. And the, because at that point, you're a face of something, right? Yeah. The professional aspect of it. Mm. Like, know? I'm doing exactly what everybody else is doing. The only difference is that I'm doing the phone, but I'm not speaking anything yeah, but no, different. No, and let me tell you, nobody, I don't think anybody could tell. That it was on a phone. Yeah. It makes me wonder why I bought yeah. all this equipment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I did that on the phone, yeah. But, so, uh, so okay, so you got 110, and now you had jumped on board, though, when it was LAFC Universe? Yeah. I jumped on board with um, LAFC Universe. You know, it was, um, I was in the middle of a party on Taros, and Connor called me out of nowhere. He was like, hey, um, I get this gig with this show. And I'm gonna need some help running social media. Would you like to be a part of it? And I was like, sure, why not? And I was thinking just you know, just little, uh, I'm gonna, like a toolkit. You know what I'm saying? I'm understudy. I'm helping out, helping a buddy out. So I like, okay, I'll help out. And then little by little, he's like, oh, okay, so let me invite you to my house and we'll discuss a couple of things about LH Universe. And I was like, what's this about? You know, social media. I could just text you that, right? Um, come over. He's like, okay, we're gonna do a show, LH Universe show. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And it's going to be just us two, so we take initiative, we take power. There's nobody telling us what to do, so I was cool with that. You know, especially since my, before that, my past uh, experience uh, experience with other companies that I've first time worked for in terms of media. Um, so it was something new, and which I liked because I had a say in it. And I remember I got to his house. He had a makeshift studio, kind of like this. Yeah, this is way better. I'll let you guys know right now than what he had at the time. Shout out to my wife. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Just a table and some logos around. And we're like, all right, what are we going to talk about? We're going to wing actually everything. I remember his dad told us, like, you guys want this to be big, right? And we're like, yeah, we're going to do great. I mean, we both know what we're talking about. We're both passionate. We're a dynamic duo. There's nobody better than us two to do this, right? So he was like, so why don't you guys do it right? And we're like, what do you mean? And so we were thinking like, okay, we're going to go big. Let's go all out, you know? And we decided to start from scratch in terms of, uh, you know, brand, content, 
and change the whole perspective of how everybody looks at LAFC, but not only that, but to spread the awareness because it's, no matter how big LAFC is right now, I think it, the awareness could spread even more. Of course. Yeah. Of turning into a global brand. Exactly. So LAF, you know, LAFC universe, because of these conversations internally with you and Connor and his dad, there was kind of like a reset button. Yeah. And all of that was a new beginning. Yeah. Uh, we literally took six hours to think out of this. And and so, I mean, I, I think the, the design is awesome. And, uh, you know, for anyone who doesn't know, the reason why you guys changed from LAFC Universe to 110 Football was? Oh, because, um, you know, the term, the fact that we had LAFC in our name, we don't want to, just in case we do get big, we don't want any copyright uh, arguments or whatnot, any stipulation in terms of that. So we decided just to start fresh, be more original. You know, and, you know, the purple obviously is not LAFC type. We want to have some differentiation in terms of our brand and what other ways other people look at our brand. So, like, if they see purple, black, and gold, they'll think, oh, it's in football. It definitely helped, too, to be able to take, you know, because I don't know what you guys are at now, but LAFC Universe had, like, almost 8,000 subscribers. Mm. You know, so it definitely helps on a rebrand when you take all of those subscribers and you just associate it now with the new brand as opposed to having to really start from scratch with zero, you know. So yeah. that that's, I mean, that's a great way to make that kind of change. So on Instagram? Is that what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On their Instagram account. Yeah. Yeah. So literally during the rebrand process, we're like, all right, 30 minutes ago, we we're going to film a show. Now we're starting fresh. Like, So what do we do now? So first things first, we thought of literally besides the brand, we thought of trips we we're gonna take. So we're gonna we decided we're gonna take about ten away trips this year. Wow! Wow! That's yeah, great. so it's a fantastic blessing, man. I, mean, I came from working at a churro stand at the Dignity Sports Park to now I'm getting access to matches like how I am now. So I mean, a whole, it's crazy what a whole year could do. Are, yeah. are you taking more this time? <laughs> are you gonna cook? Oh, are you gonna cook? Oh wow! Hey, bro. It, course, the, answer, yeah. the answer is always yes. Yeah, it's always yes. <laughs> Can't go empty, empty stomach. No, no. It's always you. Yeah. So, what are some other plans for one ten football? What do you guys, without giving away too many secrets? Um. Oh boy, how can I say this? Uh, how can I say this? Yeah, I need to like. Without spoiling everything, because we have a yeah. lot of big things in plan. Um, well, let, let's. What did you talk about? Maybe the ideation of your second episode, where you guys incorporated going to get Philly cheesesteak because you're going to play against, you know, Philadelphia Union. Is there kind of things like that where there's segments that touch on the next opponent or previous opponent? Yeah, that, well, all those, all, all the creation of the, all the, you know, the creativity that all goes to the creative all goes to um, our production team, you know. Like I said, we went all out. So they, Connor's dad, with this being, he hired a production team, and we have guys who worked um, for DreamWorks, for Marvel, or whatnot, Disney, who have great experience in in uh, studio works and whatnot, producing and directing movies and plays, to help us out and do this. And they gave us these ideas, and we either give them okay, or we'll give them maybe, or we'll say yeah, let's you know let's scratch it or whatnot. And so we decided, uh, yeah, I mean. I never had a Philly cheesesteak at the time. Mm. I never had at least an authentic one. So I was like, sure, let's do it. I'm all for food. You know? right. Sure. <laughs> so we went to do that. But we're always looking to try to bring connection and a diversity in, in our episodes. Because not only are we uh, trying to analyze the club and cover them, but we're trying to entertain our viewers. You know, Because there's a lot of people who are different. 
they want to come for the analysis. They want to know the, the, the in-depth details of the black and gold. But why can't we just entertain them as well? Right. You know what I'm saying? No, it, it sounds like you guys have a lot of um, tools available that are going to help build a successful adventure. And that's great, you know, because it's definitely easy to maybe sometimes get discouraged about, you know, something that you put out because once you do i mean this is the this is a very vulnerable thing where you put yourself out there and if the if it's not as received as well as you had liked it could be discouraging but i mean it what you guys are doing and the people you have around you definitely um help you know having that kind of community around you definitely helps i will say the intro is very impressive i yeah yeah that's dope we're actually supposed to have a Danny Trejo do the really? intro. Oh, so we're I think we were supposed to be on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, how, what was that, dude? What is no, it I think it was a timing thing. Connor no. did reach out. Or no, I think yeah. you reached out. Yeah, but, Having yeah. Philly in the scarf, yeah, though. No, of course. No, dude, representing. No, that, it was great, man. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I thought it worked out well. And I, I, had, I remember I saw on their story, their Instagram story, that they had, you know, I think you guys had filmed over by, like, the Staples Center, right? Them. I, was, I wasn't there. They were, they were uh, Philly and Jared were on... Um, I can't remember. I they know, were, they I, were in Mariachi Plaza. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and like? his Philly's wife, Amanda, and the other girl. And Nina. Yeah. Yeah. Nina. Oh, the other girl, which was Connor's sister. Yeah, Connor's sister. Oh. She was, um, they were at Koreatown. Somewhere Koreatown. I'm not sure. Mm. But that was their site. And the day before, Connor and I, we were filming the launch trailer, I think. Mm-hmm. The launch promo or the brand promo. I can't remember. Right. But that The teasers. The teasers, yeah. Yeah. And that weekend was just like nine hours straight taking photographs and photo shoots and recording the promo and just back and forth, back and forth all day. So that was like the first time. Wearing makeup for the first time. Yeah, yeah. wearing makeup for the first you time. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, they put power on my face. It's, I was like, oh, It's an invaluable experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, imagine though, like, you know, and, it, and it's not uncommon for uh, soccer teams to have you know like you there's the um the Anfield rap for Liverpool there's also the one for the Arsenal right it's uh, also Arsenal also, Fan TV yeah. Arsenal Fan TV Jonathan yeah. talks about that and it's great cuz you know those are really really successful mm-hmm. uh uh out, fan made outlets yep. you can always pull ideas from and stuff like that and try and implement something and make it your own and those are those are those are the things we all aspire to be right we would all love to be that successful at some point with this club so yeah of course yeah, Arsenal fan TV is massive, like hundred million what's followers. His, what's his crazy? Name? Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. The one, the host of that show. I know Dweezy knows. Yeah, I, I know. I just can't. Yeah, it's in, it's in a long time. I can't remember. But yeah, that guy's hilarious as well. I mean, there's memes made out of him. Yeah, he's at that level. Yeah. So, we have one last question for you. It's the theme of the show here, and I'm sure you saw this one coming. But my friend, what does shoulder to shoulder mean to you? Oh man. Shoulder to shoulder, I mean, when I think shoulder to shoulder, the first thing I think of is the North End. And then when I think of the North End, I think of how it all began. You know, watching last year, I believe it was last year when this uh, LAFC series came out on ESPN+, Plus, just how the origins of the club and sending all these guys out to Dortmund and depicting everything. After watching that series, it really showed me, like, like people like me created this club. You know, the way the stadium is built and the way how we depict it and how we feel every time we enter those gates after scanning our tickets, you know. So shoulder to shoulder gives me that thought of just how it all began back in 2013 when I got told LAFC is going to come here. And just being the first person to know, like, 
This is something special. Nobody even knows it yet. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a prophecy. Well, we wish you all the best. Uh, maybe you'll be the next Robbie from Arsenal Fan TV. <laughs> uh, we uh, sincerely rooting for 110 football, and you guys need somebody to do some voiceover work. You, you give us a call. We'll there you go. Yeah. Well, you, you know, we got to get you guys back out here, too, when uh, Connor yeah, is well, able to. Oh, yeah, uh, you know, we'd love to hear Connor's story and how he started LSU Universe and. You know, maybe at that point, uh, we can talk about some of your guys' away trips. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah, and I'll let you guys know right now, we'll be doing some features on that. We'll be visiting a lot of our cities. Oh, speaking of away trips, uh, the MLS championship game in Seattle that you went to? Yeah. We just that, we just decided just to go. That's so <laughs> Honestly, dope. he just hit me up. He's like, you want to go? And I was like, sure, <laughs> let's go. So we decided to go, and then I was able to take my family with me, which was really cool. And we went just to experience it, you know? I mean... My first cup final, uh, at that time, the only weight trip I took was the match against Seattle, they gave away one. So after the final, Seattle's, so far, Seattle's the farthest I've been. So this time, did you get to go to Fish Market, Pike's Place? No. <laughs> Still so, yeah, no. Not the needle, no? It was, it was raining pretty oh. bad that night. So that day, well, Seattle. So, yeah, exactly. Seattle's, it's pretty gloomy out there all the time. But that's so cool. Yeah, I remember seeing those videos, man. It was that was awesome. Yeah, we just wanted to get creative to, just to put something out there, some content. Of course. And, and like Rich always tells us, just be consistent. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, just be consistent and let people know, you know, what to expect from you. Yeah. So. Well, good, man. Congrats with everything. Thank and you guys. Appreciate it. Good luck awesome. on this season. And we look forward to having you guys on again later in the season. And, uh, you know. See you at some matches. Thank you both for making the time. Yes, thank you guys very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. Trekking all the way out here and for these sweet scarves. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Custom made. So it's great. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you you for listening to my son. I just want, I'm really proud of you. Keep working hard and dream big. Always. On that note. Take us home, Sticks. Shoulder to shoulder. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's, Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They won't need to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.